back to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back on the block. Eastrick and my partner Jake Bakovin here with Hitting the Hardwood with Strick. Great stuff last segment, uh, Boxer. I mean, I it, listen, it, it, it kind of threw me for the loop, but I think, you know, I'm, I had a Morpheus moment, man. I, I, <laughs> I think I landed out there. I, I, you know, I, I wasn't able to jump. You, you remember when, you remember when uh, in the movie, did you ever see The Matrix? Yeah, you yeah. seen it? Yeah. I think we're, I think what this moment is for us, right? It is like Neo finally just trying to figure out who he is, and he's running across the top. Morpheus saying, "Free your mind, Neo," <laughs> and he goes and he jumps over the whole whole thing and lands on the other side of a skyscraper. This Husker situation could be one of those where we believe we can get to ten wins, and the first try we go and run and we jump and we're like, "Oh <laughs> no." That's a possibility. Yeah, I can see. But I love Bob's energy. Bob was like, listen, it's going to be the greatest turnaround in the history of NCAA football, peewee football, and any type of football you want to think you're playing. Uh, Right now, the USFL needs that kind of turnaround right now. But we ain't talking (laughs) about that right now. We're going to move on. We're hitting the hardwood. A lot of stuff happening right now. Great series out there. Milwaukee looks very strong against your team and mine. (laughs) <laughs> because like when, when 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 I play, you know, like I talked to you about this before briefly, but I'll reiterate it to some of the listeners that be, be new here that I normally cheer. I don't have a favorite team, so I normally cheer for the team that I play for and where I had the best experience. So, for example, I am so rooting for the Dallas Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Like, hands down. That was one my best experience. 1A. 1B was Boston Celtics. And it's given me a little cringe pause because it wasn't too bad at Milwaukee, but I didn't like Milwaukee. So I'm actually rooting for the Celtics. I'm yeah. just going to be honest about <laughs> it. But right now, the Celtics, I don't know, man. I don't know if they really got an answer. I was really worried about whether or not Middleton would make it. But Drew Holiday... And that crew has stepped up. Giannis took the pounding he got that first that first game. I mean, the second game. No, yes, the second game, game two, took the pounding, came back, rebounded, and got it done. Now, I ask you, Bach, and I ask the listeners, 402-464-5685, if you're an NBA fan, if you're not, that's okay. I'm not either. I just happened to play. I was blessed to play the game. I'm just... <laughs> I'm just a fan of sports, so let, let's just say that. But, but are the are the Celtics in trouble? Well, they don't have Robert Williams tonight. That was kind of announced uh, not too long ago. So that's one of their primary defenders that they use on Giannis. So uh, not necessarily good news. Um, but more than anything, they just need they need Jason Tatum to step up. I, I think that that was one thing that was missing uh, in the last game. And, and the one thing that I think is missing from him 
Um, you know, he might be an all-pro this year. Might be first-team all-pro, might be second-team, but I think that's one thing missing from his repertoire, and he's got just about everything. It's just sometimes about consistency and the big moment. He kind of fades a little bit, and if he's having an off game, he allows himself to fade. Um, and, and maybe it's part because you have Jalen Brown. I mean, when you're Batman, you have a you know Robin over there. Let Robin do the do the dirty work at times. But um, you know, he needs to kind of step up. You need a big game out of both those guys because this is a must-win, I think, for Boston. Uh, I like their chances altogether. All this to be a seven-game series, and maybe they could push it to seven. But ultimately, talk about winning three of four against Milwaukee and, and Giannis and, and 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 risking it like that. It, it you know it, that's a tough that that's a that's a tough ask. And like you, I thought. I mean, what are the? I mean, if you ask me where the Celtics were. Um, and, you know, kind of even, you know, going into the playoffs and said, well, I think they'll sweep the Nets, but they're not, they don't have quite enough for Giannis without Chris Middleton. You know, that's kind of a weird spot to predict, but it could be where they are. It's a, it's a tough road for them altogether. Um, I, I, I think tonight's a must win game. Absolutely. Um, and, cause if they drop this one, you still got, you know, a few games at Boston that you can get back. If they can force it to game seven, at least you got a chance there, but more than anything, Try to get Giannis in foul trouble. I'd like to. I'd like to see them go at him because that's kind of when you know the game changes. Is uh, you know he's obviously not just him fouling out. He's a difference out. maker. Yeah, he's the he's mm-hmm. the lone guy that keeps Milwaukee in the game. So you got to go at him. Uh, I'd like to see them. And, and and there's been a couple calls that haven't gone Boston's way, specifically in the last game. Marcus Smart three. I think probably should have went to the free throw line, especially in today's NBA game. Uh, should have went for three to, to to go tie the game up uh, or have a chance to at the free throw line. But um, that's that's. That's the problem you have if you leave it to you know if you don't take care of business throughout the game, leave it to the final minutes. You you make you know make the refs a part of the game. Uh, so I, I think it's an absolute must win tonight for them and for the Grizzlies for what it's worth. Just to be honest, I, I thought by rule, being a referee myself, by the rules of the NBA, I know they changed that rule with regards to just being able to throw it. You know, just yeah, check it you know, in, in our day, used it was funny to watch Michael Finley do it. It was the most funny thing on earth, where he would get fouled and the ball would go to the right, but he would always do like this. Like he was, <laughs> like he was you can see me on the streamline. You would see what I'm saying, but he would always basically fake the ball would fly out of his hand going into the let's just say it would go into the uh, the bench, and he was going to the right towards the bench. The ball goes that way, but he would jump and turn his body like he was shooting the ball (laughs) at the rim. It was the most funny thing ever. But in this situation, I actually thought that Marcus Smart gathered. And, you know, they needed a three. I think he gathered. And I think he overinterpreted the rule because that was a gathering shot. So I I personally thought that would. But for him to get the rebound, put it up, tip it up a couple times, and to get their hands on it to put it in, yeah. wow! A lot of a lot of shots. Wow. Yeah, that was phenomenal. But one of the other things that are out there, we talked about. I talked about. I called it right here on the block. E Strick said it, but did I really mean it? I, I still don't think he should have been. But Nikola Jokic is the MVP uh, for the second straight time. I love everything about his game. I think he is a tremendous talent. He is very very uh he's got that old school old man game great passer very bloody divash uh you know sabonis in his passing uh can stretch you he's just got great vision and just court awareness can't play very much defense but hey <laughs> but at the end of the day 
I, I, I thought Giannis probably should have got it or Embiid, but Jokic pulls it out. And, uh, and again, that's the discussion we talked about. Does the, should, should the playoffs matter? Does it really matter to you as far as what you're able to do with your team? He still put up great playoff numbers, but at the end of the day, they come up short. Yeah, and it's weird too. Like, is 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 he being? Sometimes in the MVP conversation, we kind of get lost in what it means, and and there's there's never like mm-hmm. a strict, you know, this is exactly what it what it should be, or we don't stick to that at least from year to year. Um, and so, you know, I I it, it's almost as if Jokic is going to win this award because his teammates were bad, you know, because he had two guys that, that were out for a majority of the season, his second and third best player, um, whereas Giannis didn't, and uh, you know, and and so. I, I don't know. I, or Embiid is, is, is the same. He, I mean, he's a, has a complete roster overhaul and change there. And you can see what he means in the Miami series. I mean, that's where mm-hmm. that's where you say MVP. He's like playing 50% out there. And all of a sudden, that series is a series. They're getting blown out without him, even with James Harden. So I agree. It's, it's a, you know, maybe it is one of those deals where I, I think maybe we should at least extend it into the first round or into the second round. But it's a regular season award. And uh, sometimes if there's, a, you know, a lot of it, not a runaway guy at the top, You'll have your disagreements there, but I really think if you would have said any of those names, um, I would have said, okay, well, that, that's kind of what happens when nobody runs away with the award. For Jokic, I, I'm especially happy for him, though, because I think last year's award was basically he was the best player that was available throughout the year. Um, and maybe that happened again this year with Embiid. He sat out quite a bit of games. I think the only player to win the MVP was sitting out, sitting out uh, as many games as like Allen Iverson. Um, so that always does play a factor into it as well. Um, but you know, I do. I'm glad that he's able to to back it up. At the same time, I don't know if I see him still historically in the category of. I mean, to be a multi-time MVP winner, you know, Kobe Bryant never did that. There's a lot of players above him, probably historically, that never got the chance to do that. You know, Steve Nash did it before. Was he the best player in the game at that time? I, I I would probably not say quite so. So you know, it's weird when the MVP discussion doesn't always revolve around who's the best player in the game. Hmm. I, I would have to agree. And, and you know, as we move on uh, real quick, I just want to throw this out there. I mean, right now, Miami Heat is is just kind of they're there. They're hanging along. James Harden came alive, actually changed the whole scope of what you think about. Maybe Philly has a comp, you know, the abilities to do. Kyle Lowry seems to have tweaked it again. So. Uh, his leadership, his veteran leadership uh, now goes out the window. Um, and then you've seen, you know, some changes. Max Struss uh, ends up kind of doing some shifty, some, uh, what is the game? The three-card Monty that yeah. they used to play. Just <laughs> There's a lot of three-card Monty going on down there in Miami, but Duncan Robinson hasn't seen much. Max Struss ends up getting some. Um, but, What's what's going to happen with their rotation? Because they don't seem to have an answer right now for what's going on, especially with the return of Embiid. Yeah, and, and they're just they're so deep. I mean, that's what's exciting about them. And, and Duncan Robinson not playing with the ninety million dollar contract is getting a lot of run. But it's not you know Markeith Morris isn't playing. Yet. I mean, they got some some players on that bench that don't get minutes because of how deep they are. They are as they have been you know for even when they made their run. To me, they're still lacking. 
the number one, you know, a number one, a real number one. Jimmy Butler, sometimes when he's on, he's one of the most fun players because he can really get going when he's on. Um, but, you know, he's not going to bring that three-point shot with him uh, every game and, and not always consistent in his scoring. So I think that that's still what they're missing, and, and that's going to be huge when you have a go-to guy like when Harden gets going or, you know, Joel Embiid's wearing you down. I could see that, that series taking a turn. I almost called it dead. If, if Embiid was out game three like we expected him to be, I think the series would be over, um, and, or maybe over, or at least very very limited at this point. But it looks like the 76ers are, are, take, are turning the tide, and, of course, both team won on their home court, so we'll see where this goes. But um, it, it, it is fascinating that the, the Heat in, – in, I think Lowry's huge. I, I've always kind of uh, you know went up against him being one of the best point guards in the league, but he is one of the best leaders. Uh, and so I think they, they very much need that. Well, I'm just going to throw it out there and say, if you're going to play three-card money and you're going to have these types of shifts, I say you throw in the Ben Wallace of Miami and throw Udonis Haslam in there, <laughs> there and let go. him get busy. That's the way I see it. But I digress. We've got to take a break. We'll finish up the segment, close it out. We'll talk a little bit. One thing, Open Doors is kind of doing something. They threw some some stuff out there in the wind. We'll talk about it quickly. We'll let Bach finish up the segment when we get back after this. On the block. 